This program contains material that is to be used as a reference tool only. The content of this program may not contain materials or ideas suitable for all scenarios or in all states. Opinions provided on this program are those of the program participants and do not necessarily reflect the opinion of American National Group, LLC, or its subsidiaries. This is On Air with Education and Development, and today I'm your host, Liz Cosentino. I am very grateful to be joined by my co-host today, Christina Lashmitt. Christina, thanks for being here today. Hey, Liz. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be in this new co-host seat. I'm really looking forward to it. So fun. Our guest today comes from Collierville, Tennessee, Jordan Greer. Jordan, thanks for being with us today. Hey, thank, thank you all so much. I'm happy to be here. So, Jordan, I'm really happy to talk to you today about your experience being involved in your community. I think a lot of agents want to get involved in their areas, but they don't necessarily know how to start. So I think your knowledge here is going to be really helpful. But to get started, we have an infamous question we ask everyone. And that question is, tell me about how you got into insurance. Did you always want to be an insurance agent or did you have other career aspirations growing up? I actually had no concept of being an insurance agent at all. I really, for a long time, was, was unsure of what I wanted to do. I moved here when I was when I was really young to Collierville, and so I've always been here and grown up here. And went to college my freshman year at the University of Tennessee at Knoxville, and was a finance major at the time. I was I, I knew I was uh, good with math and good with numbers, so that kind of just made sense to go into finance. But ultimately, I moved back here and graduated from the University of Memphis with an English degree, and was really a into American literature and writing. And so for a, for a good while, I, I thought I was going to be a college professor coming out of college. And that was sort of the original plan. And ultimately, that didn't work out. And it led me to kind of pursue something that I could still help people and, and you know, secure a, a financial future for my future family. And, and so I actually almost ended up at State Farm. And long story short, a lot of things played out. And, and that brought me here. Jordan, when you were Started out in insurance because, you know, we find that rarely someone at, you know, five years old says, I want to be an insurance agent. Normally, it's something you come come into, right? So going into that venture, I can imagine it was probably difficult. Did you have like a, a mentor or anyone that was influential to you? And if so, what lessons did you learn from them? Okay, yeah, absolutely. Tony Reed, who's another American national agent, and I think, you know, this kind of plays into the story of how I really decided on American National when I when I started looking towards the insurance agent route after after college. I met Tony through a friend of mine that works at the FedEx headquarters here in Memphis. And Tony and I really hit it off. At the, at the time, I was planning on going to work for State Farm. That job was going to be basically cold calling all day long, low salary, couple of years before you even have an opportunity to become an agent. And so when I met Tony, he, he told me about American National and then how they're different from a lot of other insurance companies. And from that point, he introduced me to Mike Washburn and uh, the rest is history. Very cool. Great. Thanks for sharing that. So Jordan, you've had a lot of success being involved in your community. And let me tell you, a look on your Facebook page makes me tired. You are always doing events. What's the first event you participated in? And did you see right away how this could be a benefit to your business? The first one was the Collierville Fair on the Square. And right away, it turned out to be one of the best events we've had. So the local square here in Collierville, I grew up going to the square. They've got a lot of good restaurants around there and just a lot of different boutiques and 
it's a very, I guess it's relatively famous square. I think at one point it was named number one square in the United States. And so it's been around for like a really long time. And they put on this Call Your Little Fair on the Square event every year. And I just decided as a newer agent that, hey, I wanted to do something to try to meet some new people and, and get some leads and connect with others. And so I, we, we decided on the fair and the square. And it just so happens that one of my favorite restaurants, even still to today, is, is Dyer's, which is right there on the square. And our booth just happened to get placed directly in front of Dyer's. So that event was really just phenomenal in a sense that we had so much traffic from people that were going to eat and just walking right by our booth. And we connected with a lot of people. And and so I guess that first event really kind of propelled me to want to do more, just seeing that success that we were able to have with that one. That's wonderful. That's that's so cool to hear that you were able to be in front of your favorite restaurant. And now I think you shared you're able to secure that space, right? So you get that going forward for the next time. Yes, yeah, absolutely. We were there again this year, and, and I worked that out with, the, with the, the folks that put on that event to where we can continue to have that spot each year. So that's something that, that can be done. It depends on who's running the, the organ, you know, which organization is setting up the event. But, you know, just not being afraid to, to reach out and ask them, hey, we did this last year. Can we do the same thing again? And, and so they were accommodating in that sense. And, and I'll say, like, as good as it was the first year that we did it, this year was even better because we ran into a lot of people that we saw last year. And, you know, there's so many things that go into these events, little things that make a big difference with just connecting with other people. And I, and I know we'll go more into that. But even this year, I, I like, I had people that would come up and say, hey, I still have your tire gauge you gave me last year. You know, just like little things like that where people recognize you like that. I think that's a huge difference than just trying to, like, build your name in the community and, and to get people to recognize you. That's great. So it sounds like they've had a really big impact on your business from just a general branding perspective. Jordan, tell me how you work the booth. So what do you do? How do you follow up? How do you engage parents while you're keeping kids busy? Like how do you balance all of that chaos that goes into working in events? Well, I think one of the big things is you, you kind of have to have somebody with you. It's it's really hard if you're just by yourself because when when you get those, a lot of those events get so busy and you've got traffic. And so if you're by yourself, it's hard to kind of connect with every person. But, you know, kind of going off of that, I have somebody with me. And then there's a lot of, of things that we'll have, whether it'll be cornhole, we do that at certain events. Or we, and we always bring the stress balls that American National has through brand muscle. That's a big piece of, of how we, we try to have things like tire gauges, stress balls. Sometimes we'll do a, a spinning wheel that, that's got different items on it that are items that we have gotten from marketing on demand. Just anything to kind of get people's attention. We also raffle items off. And so I guess that's another way to just bring traffic into the booth too. So I, I, I think I should say in a whole on that, that it's really important to try different things. Don't be afraid that, hey, this strategy that I'm using is the wrong thing. It's all trial and error. And, and ultimately, just being there is the most important thing and not being afraid to, to talk to each person that comes up. Doing these events can be a big deal. It's a good chunk of your time and your day. So how, Jordan, do you plan and budget for these type of events? Right. Okay. So like in a planning sense and, and just kind of goes into finding the events, um, a lot of them we actually find just from connecting with different community organizations on Facebook. So that's another focus. I've, I've tried to really build my social media presence while doing these just as another way to kind of connect with other people and get, you know, be recognizable in a sense. And so 
we actually find a lot of those events just following the Kyrgyzstan Chamber and following the one of the ones that we recently did with the Scare on the Square. And that was another Square event that we did. And that was where we were giving out Halloween candy to kids. And we found that event through Facebook, through the uh, Kyrgyzstan Junior Auxiliary Program. It just popped up because we were following another Kyrgyzstan organization page. So just being online and, and connecting in that sense can help with just at least locating the right events that you might want to attend. And then another aspect, of course, is just networking. Like we go to those chamber meetings. I talk to people. You know, I ask them, what do you know of that's coming up that would be a good thing for us to be involved in? Doing sponsorships. You know, I called the local Kyrgyzstan High School because they have a big presence in this community and, and just ask, you know, what can I do to help you guys? And, and so, you know, we did an athletic sponsorship and that led us to do the Kyrgyzstan Back to School Bash where we put on an event. Uh, we, we were in a vendor for all the teachers there. And so we gave out a basket for that. And so it's, it's really just don't be afraid to go network. Don't be afraid to get online and, and, and pick up the phone and make calls and just introduce yourself. And that's, you know, I think that's a big road, roadblock for a lot of newer agents too. And they, they just don't know where to start. And, and really the way I see it, there's not a wrong answer. You know, if you're, if you're out and you're trying to meet new people and you're connecting whichever organization or whichever group it is, it's, it's going to more often than not lead to some, some good opportunities for you. And then from a budgeting aspect, um, you know, we've kind of learned from experience, typically vendor booth costs are going to range about two to $300. And so we usually just factor in $300 for that. And then I usually budget about $200 for a raffle item. We don't always do a raffle item, but a lot of events we do. And so whether it's a, you know, a flat screen TV or a cooler or, or an iPad or whatever it may be, just two to 300 bucks for that. So typically I'm just anticipating about five to 600 bucks per event. And uh, we use our marketing dollars to get a lot of the incidentals when it comes to tire gauges, stress balls, that sort of thing to be able to hand some stuff out. I, I don't even really factor that into my budget because I just know that's my marketing dollars. I'm using that for events every year. Tell me, you have a really good follow-up system. Would you like to talk about that? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So for follow-up, you know, I guess one of the important things to think about with this is you want to make sure that you're you're contacting every person that you, you know, whether it's the people you get to sign up for your raffle or the, just the people that you connect with and exchange information. You want to make sure you're contacting those people after it and really hitting those leads. And so what we do is I'll purchase a bunch of stainless mugs or the Arctic tumblers from Brand Muscle, and we will we will give away each one of those to every person that we get as a lead. And so I'll call that person and say, hey, congratulations, you won a stainless steel mug in the raffle that we did at this past event. I'd love to connect with you and, and get get this mug to you. And, you know, and so a lot of times I might go to their house and drop off that mug and that opens up a conversation or they'll come by the office because, you know, we're right here local in town and we'll sit down and we'll talk. And, and so that's just a way that we make sure that, hey, we're going to get in front of every single person that we saw at that event that, that signed up for our raffle or that we exchanged information with each time so that there's no opportunity gets missed. I love that. I love that there's, you know, they still won, even if they didn't win the big prize. I think that's really important. That's great. How do you balance being involved in your community and having time for your business? Because sometimes if you get involved in your community and you do these events, you end up 
you know, being involved in the chamber and, and, you know, these organizations are always looking for volunteers, right? How do you balance that? Well, I think one of the most important things, and, and I know some people may not want to hear it, but it's, it's just the reality is you have to have some sort of support staff with you. There's only so many hours a day. So, you know, my perspective is I really, I, I, I like to invest in my business. I know that I'm, my business is, is going to be a, a future asset to me. I've got one part-time person that works with me now, and then I've got a full-time staff member as well. So that allows me to really get out and, 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 you know, network and be out and about in the community. You know, it helps with balancing that level of service work. And, of course, there is a there is a balance there because you want to make sure that you are connected with your current clients. And, and we do a good job of that with, with our staff here to, to kind of manage our current clients and make sure we're at least reaching out to them a couple times a year because, Obviously, you want to retention is, is another big aspect. It doesn't matter how much how much business you write for the events if you're not retaining those clients. And at the end of the day, that that won't help you too much. So staff is a big thing there, and then just utilizing the weekends. You know, I mean that that's another thing. I know people don't always love to get up their weekend, but the way I see it is just doing the events alone. I mean, we we write so much business from it that it, it's more than paying for itself. And and on top of that, it's building that that renewal income, that that future income. Absolutely. How many clients do you think you need to write off an event at two to three hundred dollars a pop to be able to make it worth it? Really, just a couple. I mean, that's that's the whole thing. If you write, at the very least, I would say, obviously, there's some events that you're going to have weather, and when you have rain, that that makes it tough. But assuming that the weather is reasonable, you know, there's not there's no rain, then even at the worst event that we've had, we've at least written five thousand dollars and. and PNC premium, you know, a couple of home and autos, that's $5,000. And so that's probably the the worst case scenario from doing an event. That pays for the event right there. And not only does it do that, but it also provides that that client as a, you know, there's a renewal income there that you see each year. So I, I think that's a, that's an important thing for, for newer agents to consider, anybody to consider when they're hesitant to do an event. Don't think of it as okay. Well, I only went, I got I went out. I spent my whole weekend and I got three clients. Well, that's a that's a huge positive because even if you only made a couple hundred dollars from doing the event, you've got that renewal income from those those folks that you know you obviously are going to try to keep as clientele going forward. So I guess uh, to put some math on it, if you do five events a year and you write five thousand dollars. For each one, and again, that's conservative. You know, we've had some events where we've we've written thirty five thousand dollars of premium off of it. We've had some events where we've written big life cases off of it. We've had some events where we've written business owners and, and all that. But you know, I'm saying just being super conservative. If I write two home and autos per event, that's five thousand dollars worth of production. Five events a year, that's twenty five thousand dollars worth of production. And then let's just assume that you're kind of retaining your clients for at least a 10-year period. You know, maybe it's five, maybe it's 20. But let's just say on average, you're going to try to retain that client for 10 years. Well, you've just provided yourself $250,000 worth of production over that 10-year period. And that's, that's worst, worst case. So to me, it's like when you think, when you put it into that grander perspective, it's like it's, it's almost a no-brainer. It's like what I sacrifice, you know, a few weekends out of the year to really secure a, a large percentage of business going forward. And, and, you know, you can't think of it as, oh, well, I only made 200 bucks this weekend. So that's kind of what I'm getting at. That's a great way to look at it. 
Jordan, I can only imagine there's probably some of these community events that you really look forward to and you're like super jazzed for. And then there's probably other ones where it's like, okay, I know I need to do this one because maybe I got some clients from the last one, but I really don't. It's not my fave. Maybe the weather's crummy or maybe it's whatever, whatever the case might be. So I'm curious if you could tell, if you could tell our listeners, like, what is your favorite event? What, what's the favorite event and why? And then maybe, you know, while we're at it, we've got to talk about the good and the bad might touch on the one that, you know, you don't like, or maybe one that you went to that wasn't so successful for you. Sure. Yeah. The fair on the square. And I know I've mentioned it, but anything, any event that we do on the square, we always have a lot of success with. We've done three on the square this year, and, and each one of those has been amazing. We just know it's, it's such a heart of this Cairoville community that we always have a really good turnout. And I guess the, another benefit to it is parking is close, and that's definitely something you have to factor in. How, how far am I going to have to haul this stuff back and forth? You know, there's there's little things as you do more that you kind of start to get a sense of. And right. so, you know, playing, in, playing into the one that I probably – I probably will do it again, but I'm not super excited about is the the Germantown Festival, which is it's another local town not far from us. And uh, this year it fell right on the first week of, of NFL, first weekend of NFL football. Oh, um, so okay. the turnout was yeah, <laughs> yes, ma'am. The turnout was not as fantastic as we had hoped, but also, and, and I know I haven't mentioned this yet, but booth placement is a big thing, and right. that goes kind of back to what I had mentioned about not being afraid to talk to that vendor and see if you can get some favorable positioning and so in this one the germantown fest that was our first time ever doing that event that kind of just threw us wherever and it was not really the the most high traffic place but not only that the parking lot was way across the road like down the road a quarter mile up the hill behind the church you know in in a spot where it was it was really far um, for the <laughs> vendor parking. And so we've, we've got, you know, we've got like a push cart that we take and I, that's something important. Take something to help make it easier, you know, cause you're going to have a tent, you're going to have a table, you're going to have your buckets full of stuff. You're going to have your raffle item. You know, there's a lot of stuff that you're going to have that goes into it. So, you know, having a cart or something like that definitely makes it a lot easier. But with this specific event, with that parking being so far and at, at that incline up that hill, it was very difficult to get everything right. there and, and back to the spot. And, and, and I guess I should say, I know on, on most of the events you do, they'll allow you to, to pull your cars in, but it might be, you might have to sit there an hour, hour plus after the event to get your car. Cause every, everybody's doing that. You know, they're all right. trying to bring their cars in to load up at the end of it. So it's, it's hard to get in and out. And so in this one, we tried to get in and out a few minutes early to eliminate that waiting in line process. And, Probably shouldn't have done that. I probably should have just waited in line and, and sacrificed the time. <laughs> but um, if we do that one next year, that's probably what I'll do. Well, something to mention, I think you hit on it, was kind of what those competing events or big things going on. Like you said, maybe paying attention to that if someone's starting to get involved in their community and in doing these events. I know, for example, like here in Springfield, Missouri, where you were born, um, we have like competing fall festivals, right? And so sometimes you want to probably do some research and figure out everything that's going on and which would be more beneficial so you're not left there with not a lot of customers. Definitely. I mean, there's there's a, a little bit of a vetting process where you have to weigh in, okay, what kind of vendors are going to be at this event? What's the purpose of the event? Is this a charitable event? There's a lot mm-hmm. of things to kind of think about to, and, and put yourself in that booth that weekend and think, all right, are we going to have success at this one? 
but really a big thing I should say. And and I, cause I know some, some folks out there, you know, maybe they're, you know, I'm in a lucky spot in a sense where our town is very active. You know, everybody comes out to these events. We have a lot of them. Well, some people might think, well, I don't really have a town like that. And so I, I guess what I would say to that is don't be afraid to, to go out, you know, 20 or 30 miles to that other town that's, that's yeah. not too far out and, and get connected there. You know, it doesn't have to be right where you, where you live. You know, you can you can write business 30 miles out. You can write it right next to your front door. So I, I guess in a sense, don't be afraid to do that. But, and that's something that we're actively looking at, too, because we want to really ramp up, you know, and try to get connected with people outside of just Cairoville as well. So don't be afraid to look at other communities because there's, there's always things going on. And, and don't be afraid to try the event, even if it doesn't work out. At least you, you know, hey, it's a good experience. Hey, that one wasn't the one, the best one. Let's not do that one next year. And that's okay. That's all. That's part of trial and error. So, Jordan, what would you tell agents who are looking to get started doing community events? Say maybe they've been an agent for some time and they haven't done one before or they're a brand new agent. What advice would you give that person? I would say, you know, for the agents that have been around for a while or even for the newer agents that are that are hesitant, don't be afraid to, to sacrifice one day or weekend for, for something that could benefit your business in a tremendous way. At the end of the day, it is there is a time commitment there, but outside of just the production that you might get from the event, it's going to allow you to get connected with your community in a different way that you might not be now. Well, I've seen a lot of success from that, just doing more and more events. Every, each one we do, we recognize more people and, you know, doing the sponsorships and, and cooperation with those events is really just starting to make us more of a local name in this area. And that's something that I think is, is invaluable as far as referral business. And, and it's something that I didn't even mention for those of us that are wanting to focus on commercial insurance, because I know that's a big push right now with American National. Every event that you're going to go to, there's a lot of vendors there that are all businesses. So that's a perfect time to walk up and meet other business owners that are sitting there in their booth. So there's just so many ways that you're, you're going to see a benefit from the event. So at the end of the day, don't be afraid to go and try it. You know, don't don't just do one and think, well, I didn't work out that well. I don't want to do it again. You know, give it five or six events. If you don't feel a benefit after doing six events, then maybe you're not in the right location. But I think that most people will, will see a great benefit after they do a few of them. That's great advice. Thanks, Jordan, for that. What is one thing you wish you could go back in time and tell yourself as you started your agency? That's a great question. The one thing I would tell myself is don't be afraid. Just hit the ground running. You're going to have times of, of uncertainty and doubts, but it's, it's all going to work out. And as long as you work hard and, and keep pushing, even in those moments that you maybe are not sure that you're doing the right thing, just don't be afraid. Lean on the people that, that got you here. Don't be afraid to reach out to your support staff, American National, and uh, it'll, it'll all pay off. That's awesome. Thanks, Jordan, for sharing that. I think it's super introspective that you're able to look back and know, you know, that you had those doubts and know that everything is going to be okay. So I think that's awesome. So Jordan, before we let you go, do you have any last words or piece of advice uh, for the audience here for these listeners? Lean on the people that, that helped get you to where you are. You know, even if you're just starting out, you're, you're an LGA, you're AGA. You know, for me, that was Mike Washburn and David Washburn. They were a tremendous help to me. In so many ways, I know I mentioned Tony Reed earlier. He was he was really the the, the first guy that, that you know pointed me in the direction of American National, and, and even still, I call him all the time. And he's a big 
he's really a confidence booster to me. You know, it helps keep me motivated. But Mike and David were the ones that really helped me understand the products, you know, especially life and annuity wise. And, and even Margie Crocker, who's in, in, in their office, she was a tremendous help to me and still is a tremendous help to me. I think I call her at least a couple of times a week and just say, hey, am, am I doing this right? Because there's always that feeling of I want to make sure that I've got everything the way it should be. And so just, you know, there's there's going to be people around you that have been in the business and, and don't be afraid to to bug them because, you know, they're they're there to help. And um, I couldn't have done it without Mike and, and David and Margie and Tony. So I'm, I'm very grateful to those, to those people. Truly takes the village, utilizes resources. We preach it enough on here, but we can't preach it enough. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Well, Jordan, thank you so much for being with us today. I know your perspective on events and your points on follow-up and being prepared for the event are really going to help some agents. So thank you for sharing with us and thank you for taking the time. Thank you all. I appreciate it. Thanks, Jordan. Thanks for joining us to invest in your business. We want our program to work for you. If you have a topic you want to hear or would like to be a guest, connect with us through podcast at AmericanNational.com. 